Morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Friday. For those of you who are live with me, thanks so much for being here live. For those that are watching any other platform any other time, thank you so much for tuning in. We've been talking about this concept about comfort, about our mind, our thoughts. You know, I was thinking about it earlier, sort of how this all connects, and maybe we can sort of connect it together. For those that are here live, and it's you're with me live, we're going to be back. We're, we're off. Next week is the holiday of Shavuot. We're not, that means we'll be off until Wednesday, uh, the 19th of God's help. Something to think about until then, sort of how it all comes together. So we've been talking about this idea of the mind and the mind's protection of us. Survival. Survival is a piece of how our mind is programmed. We are programmed to survive. You have to choose greatness. One of the most important elements of survival is protection. That's how survival works, right? If you are a survivalist, you, I'm sure, have in your house cans of something. When the virus hit or when snow comes in or when something happens, people that have a more survivalist mentality, you'll see them shopping in stores and sort of bulking up on foods that can last, on water supply, on batteries. That's the way a survivalist thinks. When a survivalist eats, they eat in a, in a way that prepares itself to have into the future. They're always preserving. They're always saving. That's how a survivalist thinks. For those of you who were raised with Holocaust surviving parents or grandparents, you know that's how they think. They're always cautious. They never threw things at, like they always appreciated every little thing because they lived at a time where they were surviving. So it is a normal, completely normal part of your life to have a mind that is constantly trying to preserve its energy. Preserve your body's energy. It conserves energy for, for as it's programmed to conserve energy because it was built and programmed to survive. That's how it works. So it will incline you to sleep more than you actually need. And it will incline you to eat more than you actually need because that's how the brain keeps you alive. That's why when there's two things to think about, something happy, something scary, you're almost always going to, unless you work on yourself, think about the scary. Because scary things can hurt you and happy things are just gravy. And if your brain has to choose between what can hurt me and what's going to give me happiness, it always goes with what can hurt me because what can hurt me is helpful to survive. That's why we are scared to do things in many more ways than we are empowered to do things unless you erase a certain way because the brain will always protect you. That's how it keeps you alive. It's a gift. 
when you see somebody with, that was born without that normal sort of fear, it's a problem. So what I want to highlight, really, if we could, I want to try to build, if we can, a circle today. Maybe we could take the circle with us into the weekend to think about each piece of the circle. First part of the circle is the idea of, of survival. That we're inclined, just to understand how it works, we're inclined always to avoid pain, to avoid discomfort, to seek comfort, because that's a healthy way in which we survive. If we avoid pain, we'll stay alive because some pain can kill you and some pain can't kill you. If we stay comfortable at all times, we'll always have enough energy in case we need it in a moment's notice. If you're exhausted and then you've got to like run for your life, you're not making it. If you're relaxed and if you've conserved your energy, then you got to, then you can. To avoid scenarios that brings mental discomfort, your brain conserves energy. Now understand that because if you think you're not, if you, if you think there's something wrong with you, for avoiding discomfort, you're missing it. It's something right with you. It's very normal. A lot of things in life that we take and for destructive purposes are very healthy, normal things that we need that either we don't use properly or we don't understand that it's normal. It's normal to feel threatened and jealous. It's normal to avoid pain. These are all normal feelings. Our job is to upgrade, but not to not to disparage what is a normal part of our life. But that has us avoiding things that can lead us to greatness. So here's how it works. Let's start. And we'll sort of like wrap this up. You can think of the first part of this circle as pain. There's pain. There's disconnects. I want this. She wants this, and we have to be married. It's a disconnect. I want to get this grade. Teacher wants me to know some information. Disconnect. I want this much money. The market doesn't know I'm, I'm valuable enough. Disconnect. I want to be healthy, whatever it is. Challenge breeds through disconnection. Disconnected expectations. Disconnected uh, languages, people that are disconnected. If you think about where challenge is born, it's born in disconnection, however it manifests. And that brings a certain level of pain. Cognitive dissonance is a disconnection, if you will, between ideas. I always was raised to think this, and now I see information that tells me this. How does that work? It's exhausting to really make that work. I expected this. I don't get this. There's a disconnection there. I thought God runs the world this way, but this happens. What's going on? Right? I want to be close to someone that's not wants to be close to me. Right? The challenge, the pain forms through the world of disconnection. Along the way of the feeling of disconnection, of the feeling of pain, of the feeling of challenge we get moments of inspiration. That would be sort of like two. See if you can almost picture the dial. It begins with this connection and pain. 
as you go down the circle, you'll see that there's moments of inspiration. I feel inspired and I have an idea how to fix it. I can really work harder at this. I can start my own thing. That's maybe how I'll make more money. I could speak to my loved one and, and be more open with them. I could, you know, work harder when I'm ready to give up. I could take on things that I don't fully know about in the world of spirituality because I know that I'll learn. I could make an effort with these people that I don't really have, I haven't cared to make an effort with. So when I come home from work, it's easier for me to talk to adults on my iPhone, but I can really put it down and spend time with kids because I want a relationship with them. And I know that they're going to talk about kitty things and I'm a sophisticated adult, but I got inspired when I went somewhere and we spoke about what it's like to be a parent. And, and I know I got to like, you know, come down. There's moments of inspiration that happen to us where we have a thought and the thought gives us an insight as to how to create a connection. My pain is from disconnection. And I get a thought as to how to create a little bit more of a connection. Will it connect? I don't know. It'll get a little bit closer. I've been complaining about the fact that I don't get enough money. I get paid enough money. If I, I get a thought that maybe I should, you know, take this online course. I do have some time at night on weekends and I would learn a new skill that would be valuable to my office. I've been talking about being disconnected from anything deep. Maybe I should actually spend five minutes praying. It's five minutes. So these inspirational thoughts come in as a response to the disconnection that is breeding the challenge. And they're inspiring. I forget where they come from, but they come. And if I get a moment of inspiration, usually, if you delve into what inspiration is, usually inspiration really is a picture of who I am. It's the real me. And if you really want to delve deeper, it's usually the picture of who you are with more connections. I'm deeply connected to here or to there or to this or to that. Usually when somebody is inspired, they're not thinking, oh, I want to be the Prince of England if they're not born to the Queen. It's not even in their game. They don't have that desire, but they are thinking, I want to be a better person. Because they know that that next level is in reach. And they're just disconnected from it. So inspiration really is the revelation, the internal revelation of what my connections could be. Are you still with me? What takes place after inspiration is change. Now, the reason why you're not connected the reason why you're disconnected is because your mind has created all of its neuroplasticity that is disconnected from the thing you want to be connected to. 
if you would have worked on your mind until now, you'd be connected to the thing. The fact that your brain is one way and the world is a different way is what's causing the disconnection, which means in order to change, you have to actually go through some resurfacing of stuff and you got to revamp things. That's hard. That means you got to change something. Now you're back in pain. It's a different pain, but it's still pain. Right? Person who is oh who who weighs more than they want, let's make this easier. A person who weighs more than they want to weigh is in pain because they see themselves and say, I shouldn't look like this. I should be more in shape. I should be more healthier. Whatever, 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 whatever. I'm not judging it. I'm just telling you. They go into a world of inspiration. They go, Oh, I can eat healthier. But then they gotta go back into the world of pain. It's a totally different pain, but it's still pain. It's called working out. And so this person, me and you, is sitting in between two choices of challenge. The disconnection of who I could be, and then the revamping of who I, as I'm trying to get there. Right? A person who comes home every day and never spends time with none of his family, then has a moment of inspiration. He still has to go through pain afterwards. He has to put the phone down. He has to move away from the dopamine hits of, of iPhone. He has to sit around and read Goodnight Moon 15 times. He has to play, you know, he has to, there's still pain. He has to have a difficult conversation with whoever. Person who says, I want to be more connected spiritually. He, still has, to, he has to go through the pain of changing the way he, he acts and talks and thinks. The difference is that this is the pain that you're not used to. And so what, what you're up against, and watch how this works, is a choice. If you can picture this person in the middle, on one side he has the pain of not becoming. And the second time he has the pain of something new that's breeding. He or she knows how to live with the first pain because they've been living with it. But they don't know how to live with the next pain. It becomes unfamiliar. And this is the moment where everything happens. Because this is when the brain goes, wait a second. Wait a second. We don't need this pain. We don't need to have this conversation. We don't need to think about someone else's feelings this much. We don't need to pass when you're hungry. We don't need to pray when you're tired. We don't need to work when you're ready to give in. This is the moment where your brain goes, I don't need this pain. I'm used to the other pain. It's familiar to me. But this is unfamiliar pain. And I don't need it. And here your brain starts saying, don't be uncomfortable unnecessarily. This is the moment of truth. Where a person looks to the left and says, this is the pain of not being who I could have been. And looks to the right and says, this is the pain of actually trying to do the work. And your brain says, which pain is easier to deal with? When you look at great people, really what makes them great is the pain of not being is a greater pain than the pain of change. And when you look at people that don't change, 
What makes them not ever able to change is because the pain of change is much greater than the pain of not being. They're both choosing. That's the choice. What's more painful? Not being who we can be? Or the difficulty of change? That's it. It's that simple. Oh, it's super hard. It's that simple. And as that person comes down the circle, he has to make a choice. She has to make a choice. Doing the thing that I got to do. Becoming the person I have to be. Or going right back and saying, I'm not, but I know how that feels and I've learned to deal with it. Now, in order to get down this next level, you got to dig into a deeper source. It means you got to bring the tentacles deeper. And as you make that choice, you have to go to a place inside you that gives you strength that you didn't have before because it's new territory. This is the zone of change. The knowledge of I'm going into a world I don't know about. And when I get there, I'm going to find power I've never accessed. Right? So let's use this the easy example of the weight, the weightlifter. He, he gets onto the bench. They give him the weights. His brain goes, I know the pain of not being this strong and seeing that you want to be this strong. He gets inspired. I want to be stronger. Let's assume that's a, that's a value. Forget, don't, don't judge the value. Let's just use it as an example. He starts to lift and it gets hard. His brain goes, wait, just give up. We lived with the first pain. You're not strong enough. Big deal. You have to choose the pain of becoming someone who you can be or the pain of change. He chooses change. Why? Because he knows that if I push through it, I'm going to find a power that I never had before. And it's going to manifest in stronger muscles. I know it's there. I know if I push this through, I'll be powerful enough to build stronger muscles. He doesn't think for a second that this is the last thing he can do. And then if he does this, he breaks. He trusts in a deeper power source. If he doesn't, he reverts back. If he does, he keeps on going until you know what ends up happening. He wakes up one day and his new level is so normal that he starts to feel the pain of not becoming the next level. And the game continues. You see that? That's how it works. The pain of not being who you can be. The moment of inspiration where you see how to do it. Not completely, just a little bit. The recognition of that it's going to be hard. And the choice between do I go back to what I know or do I go forward into the unknown, into the discomfort, into the tunnel. And once you get in that tunnel and you keep on working long enough and your brain adapts to it, you reach this, this strength that you never knew possible. And now this becomes your new norm. And then you wake up one morning and go, wait, I can go further. And the cycle continues. That's the cycle of greatness. That's what it is.
It's a slow upward spiral. But there are those that take two steps forward and can never go further than that. Step forward, two back. Step forward, two back. It's the choice we make to choose the pain that we want. Every day God tells us, and every day God tells us, you have no idea the power inside you. You got one life to live. Either way, there's going to be challenge. Choose the right challenge. That's our goal. Choose the right challenge. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. Have an amazing holiday for those that are observing. We're back on Wednesday. Think about this over the weekend. The circle. The choice. You never avoid it. You just got to choose it. And if we start choosing the right challenges every single day, wake up one morning, we can't recognize ourselves. We don't know how we got there. It's not through an elevator. It's not even through a staircase. It's through a slowly ascending spiral circle, circle of greatness. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for everything. Have an amazing weekend. Shabbat Shalom. Happy holidays. With God's help, I cannot wait to see you again next week.